Can you tell everybody about the franchising idea that you're working on? Yeah, sure. Our Oklahoma store is going to be the first model that we're going to roll out. And we hope to be able to expand in the southeast and up in the northeast as well with finding the appropriate partners to just set up extraction facilities in each respective municipality. So in other words, the one you're building in Oklahoma is going to be sort of the prototype. This is the the idea. And then you're just going to cookie cutter this. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today at MJ Bulls, we are joined by CEO Tom Lynch and Systems Design Specialist David Zell from Bogart Extractor. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Well, I appreciate you doing this on such short notice. This is really exciting. I started looking into your business and preparing for this show. And I got to say the one thing about the cannabis industry that most people outside the industry don't immediately connect is just how vast it is. Literally every type of business is in the cannabis business, including what you do, manufacturing. Bogart has been an industry leader in hydrocarbon extraction. For over a decade, manufacturing both large and small-scale extraction equipment. Now, Tom, a large portion of our listeners are investors. (laughs) They get all mad at me when I get too technical. So let's just start by talking about your customers. Who are they and why do they select your equipment? The customers are marijuana or cannabis processors that typically have a large volume or a flower or trim that they want to convert into oil. Okay. And what are some of the advantages of the type of equipment that you manufacture? Butane and propane tend to have a higher end end product than other solvents like ethanol that are a little more aggressive. Right. So even for uh, distillate producers who are going to be further refining their product, the crude oil that comes out of a hydrocarbon extraction with butane or propane actually starts out cleaner. And so you don't have to do as much work to clean it up afterwards because it's a little more selective. And not only that, but the hydrocarbon extraction also leaves behind things like terpenes, which are largely responsible for the flavors and the tastes of the higher grade extracts. So those solvents can create things like the sauces and the sugars that have that real top shelf appeal, whereas things like ethanol are going to have a lot more trouble making a product like that. Okay, okay. I heard on one of your interviews that you did where you talked about bringing the temperature way down. I'm way over my head, but I th- I thought at the time, I'm like, why would they need to bring the temperature down so low? Right. So one of the main reasons why people are going to do that is because you actually pull out a cleaner product from the plant material when you run at such a low temperature. So below about negative 20, most people shoot for like minus 60, but below about negative 20, the solubility of the fats and lipids and uh, other kind of dead weight really drops off significantly. And especially below freezing, you don't pick up water or any of the water-soluble stuff like chlorophyll, which makes it turn more green. And so dropping down that temperature ensures that you pretty much get the, the cannabinoids and the terpenes much more selectively than you otherwise would be pulling out of the plant material. Now, you make equipment for, as I mentioned, for both larger operations and smaller operations so that the bigger operations, let's just focus on that for a second. Like how much 
would your equipment process, say, in an hour, say? Well, at a facility that we operated up in Arcata, California, for about a year, I think, we were processing, in terms of dry biomass, just made into crude oil, about 500 pounds per extractor per day. And so between the two extractors running at the facility, we could chew up 5,000 pounds in a work week. Wow. And still go home for the weekend. (laughs) That is impressive. You've been doing this for a long time. And you probably over the years have probably built up a lot of SOPs just from working with different clients and techniques that worked really well. Have you incorporated a lot of those techniques into your development and also in helping your newer clients make sure that their product is the best? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of these post-processing procedures, like the procedure for crystallizing diamonds in a jar, that's going to be the same whether you do that in California or Oklahoma or Michigan or I think Mississippi, didn't they just legalize it? So, you know, that's going to be the same no matter where you go. And we already have our operating procedures pretty much dialed in for the California market, which is notoriously highly regulated. So these procedures should be easy to drag and drop pretty much anywhere in the country we feel at this point. Speaking to the rest of the country, I know you have a project going on in Oklahoma. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that project. I'll let Tom take the lead on this. Yeah, that's going to be a a Bogart retail store and a Master Vapor store, which sells hydrocarbon pumps. And we're going to have the ability to have an extraction facility in the store and a dispensary. So it's going to be a pretty cool store. That's got to be the first of its kind. It probably will be, yeah, where we can actually extract cannabis in the store. It should be a useful tool for us to be able to test the equipment and showcase it and just advance everything a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are really curious about the whole process. Would you make it so that people can actually watch the process? Yeah, we could probably even do hands-on training and that kind of stuff for clients or people who wanted consulting services as well. So there definitely would be some opportunities for that. You know, what one of the biggest problems we have when selling large equipment is that, you know, people who are specially trained and running a large extractor that takes up pretty much an entire room are sometimes few and far between. And so offering those kind of training services and and hands-on experiences when you actually are buying the equipment, it gives a lot more reassurance to the client that they'll be able to do something productive with it, that it will be worth their money. One of the things that I got most excited about, we talked about before we went on, you were telling me about this really cool project that you're working on. Can you tell everybody about the franchising idea that you're working on? Yeah, sure. Our Oklahoma store is going to be the first model that we're going to roll out. And we hope to be able to expand in the southeast and up in the northeast as well with finding the appropriate partners to just set up extraction facilities in each respective municipality. Wow. So in other words... The one you're building in Oklahoma is going to be sort of the prototype. This is the the idea. And then you're just going to cookie cutter this throughout the country. Drag yep. and drop. Drag <laughs> and drop. I love it. I love it. And so if somebody mm-hmm. wants to become like a master franchisee or wants to maybe buy the rights to their city, is that how the franchising operation will work? Yes. That's how we're envisioning it. Yeah. State by state. Good, good, good. That's one of those things that I think is going to really be exciting because I know so many people 
are curious about a franchising operation. And there aren't that many in the cannabis industry right now. Yours is one of the first that I've, that I've really talked to about franchising. I know there's a big interest in this, especially from our listeners. So when do you think this will be available? We hope to have Oklahoma open in April. Oh, wow. So this is happening right now. This isn't on the drawing board. This is on the way. Well, it is getting built. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So if somebody was interested in becoming a franchisee, what's the next step? Well, we have a person that's kind of working out the whole back end enrollment process into it currently now in regards to the exact details. We haven't quite worked those out yet. But if somebody was interested, there's definitely somebody that you can talk to about it. Again, back to one of my earlier questions where you have all of this institutional knowledge from years and years of doing this, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to share this knowledge with the franchisee. Mm -hmm. There's one more quick little story that I would like to tell, you know, which really uh, emphasizes why it might be beneficial to join in with a program like ours. So in the past, I've done consultations as well for legal facilities in multiple different states. And one thing I've seen before is people make the wrong equipment choices or they try to use equipment for things it's not really designed for. Or the probably the worst case I've seen is they hired someone who what I think they did was they probably just bought some SOPs off the internet because there are people that'll just sell you operating procedures. So I think he just bought the SOPs, read them and thought he knew everything, sold himself as more than what he was and got into the facility, tried to run things and basically butchered about $100,000 worth of product that had to end up being retreated with CRC media to clean it up and make it presentable or, or reprocessed as distillate in order to get it to a state where it was actually sellable. And when I got there for the con- consultation as well, he also was using $10,000 a month, I think, in consumable chemicals like a liquid CO2 to chill down his extractor. And when I made a chiller recommendation for him, he was able to swap in the new equipment and he ended up paying it off in terms of the savings in maybe two or three months. And so it's those kind of decisions that we can help you to avoid making, which can really help a business sink or swim. I'm really glad that you shared that information with us because that's the kind of stuff that people that are just getting into this, even people that are involved with this may not be aware of. And that's why it's it's great to work with somebody that's much experience as you folks have. We have all of Bogart's information in the show notes. So oh, if great. you want to, yeah. So if you want to check out their extraction equipment or learn more about maybe potential franchise opportunities, just click the links in the show notes. Guys, I, I am sorry that we didn't get super deep into the mm-hmm. technical aspect of your business, but I really enjoyed what we talked about, especially the franchising thing. I just think you're on to something. I really appreciate you being on the show today. Sure. Thank you for having us. It was great being here. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate and I'm your host of the Pop Moms podcast. I started the Pop Moms podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and, of course, my favorite cannabis products. 
The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.